Hello, baddies and laddies, and welcome to the Princess Pear Podcast. I am, of course, your lovely host, Miss Princess Pear. How are you guys doing? I'm doing really good. Doing great, per se. Um, I had work today. I've had work pretty much all this week. This is, I think this has been, like, the week I've worked the most so far, which I'm not complaining about. Like, it's it's been fine, you know what I mean? Like, I've had my moments of, you know, wanting to just be home and taking a nap, but I was able to get my work or get work done and I enjoy it um yeah but yeah so today's episode is on uh writing Ooh, and I don't know I feel like I haven't really talked about this much on my podcast I think I talk about like you know writing music and you know I feel like I've touched on writing poetry a little bit but like it is something that I've I really enjoy I don't seem to talk about it very much, and I, you know, didn't really, like, know why, you know what I mean? Because it's not like I'm, like, embarrassed about it, you know what I mean? Like, I share it with people, you know? I don't know. But yeah, I just got done writing a piece on Romeo and Juliet, and, um, like, the overall themes of Romeo and Juliet and, like, what it truly means, you know what I mean? Because, like, stories like that, like Romeo and Juliet, people take to mean a million things, you know what I mean? I was, like, you know, looking at spark notes and being like, what do other people think these, like, the themes are? And it was very much all of them were just, like, you know, it was a lot of theories that, like, you know, weren't as backed up, you know what I mean? Because you can say anything about story, you know what I mean? You could say, like, anything of that. And as long as you're not, like, going completely against the storyline, nobody can tell you you're wrong. You know what I mean? Which, very interesting, just saying that. (laughs) But, yeah. Because I was, I guess I'm homeschooled, so I was, like, you know, looking through or online school. I was, like, doing an end-of-the-year uh, double check with my mom, you know, and she wanted to see some of the work I'd done this year, and I read this, and she was like, oh my gosh, you share it on your podcast, and I was like, but I don't want to, and then I was like, wait, maybe that is a good idea, you know, which I feel like we all do with our parents, <laughs> they'll bring something up, we're like, no, we don't want to, and then like, we end up doing it, you know what I mean, I think it's very funny, um, so yes, I will now be reading my essay on Romeo and Juliet. Thank you. <laughs> but soft what light through the yonder window breaks. It is the east and Juliet is the sun. Just stupid teenagers. Stupid teenagers giving up their lives to be a cautionary tale and trope. A title to call the kids at the grocery store and the old couple that died in each other's arms. Romeo and Juliet is the story of two young Italian lovers written by William Shakespeare. This tragic love story tells the story of Juliet Capulet and Romeo Montague, the children of feuding families. They meet against their parents' will and fall in love. They were kept apart by the death of Juliet's cousin, killed by Romeo, and by their families until then, ultimately, that was what I was trying to say, in death. 
This story has been dissected since its release to fit a million different meanings. Many arguments tie into the significance of the story in modern times, even years later. One of the most intriguing claims is that Romeo and Juliet is a cautionary tale of why we still need feminism. The fact that maybe they wouldn't have had to die if Juliet was treated as more of a person over a prop. This was written in a time where women and men were far from equal, were far from equal, and especially in the story of Romeo and Juliet. Juliet was a pretty piece of property. Even though Juliet's family was wealthy, I would argue that because of these privileges, she was even more of a piece of property to them. It was their job to keep her clean and pure and marry her out. A very outdated yet still prevalent idea that still shapes media as well as real life. Even in children's media, for example. In the movie Aladdin, we see the male hero trying to win the princess from her father. The princess had enough of after ten lines of suitors speaking about her future with her father, like she was a piece of property. She explains, I am not a prize to be won. An alternative take on a similar story to Juliet. I think it's so easy to blame Romeo and Juliet for what they did, saying how dumb their decisions were. At face value, yes, I agree with you. It was a permanent choice for a seemingly temporary problem. Let's look deeper, though. After news of them being illegitimately married, After the news of them being illegitimately married got out, their lives would have been very well ruined, especially Juliet's. With her no longer having her virginity, uh, she, would, she wouldn't be marriage material anymore, deeming her pretty much worthless in the eyes of her family and community. In other cultures, she may have been killed if she was found out to be intimate with Romeo, even though she was married to him without her father's consent. She could have been in grave danger. Romeo, though a man, was still in danger of similar fate. He could face being disowned by his family, which meant that he would lose the family wealth, as well as a definite threat of violence from Juliet's family. Why the violence? That boils down to the same points of sexism. Juliet was practically a piece of property, and he left her, quote, worthless. Death has half Death has hath sucked the honey of thy breath, hath no power yet upon thy beauty. I really can't read y'all. This is really hard for me. <laughs> the story of Romeo and Juliet has been tailored over and over to fit a million different stories of what the story is trying to say, but none more than the idea of Romeo and Juliet being a major cautionary tale, a way to scare young kids. I know the story of Romeo and Juliet as a way to make them teenagers in love, like they are nothing more than lovesick puppies. It came to a point that I almost felt bad for the characters that never even existed, like people were laughing at their love. The number one thing that Romeo and Juliet did was not listen to their parents, something that is a number one rule for children across the world. Romeo and Juliet shouldn't, shouldn't have ever met, and if they had never met, they wouldn't have had to die. A cautionary tale of how dumb we teenagers in love truly are. How dumb and young we can be when we're in love. This is a common trope in the media as well as a way to discount the emotions of teenagers. The idea of running away together is very common in teenage romance, but not on the side of love or elopement. It's seen as tragedy. Though it is not... Though I'm not arguing that the idea of Romeo and Juliet and stories like these are purely love at all. Oh, sorry, guys. 
my contact is like burning my eyeball. It hurts so bad. Ooh. Cautionary tales are that for a reason. If we look at the details in the story, we can see that there's an assumed age difference. Uh, facts lead many to believe that this relationship is not healthy at is not healthy at all. At the time, Juliet is supposedly thirteen and Romeo is supposedly eighteen, which at the time was less weird, but still. Romeo was a place in power and could have manipulated her. Even if most people see Romeo and Juliet as a cautionary tale, it's a dang good one. A cautionary tale isn't supposed to be a stopping point for anyone's life. It's meant to be a reminder to take action, not to end up dead like others. Some grief shows much love, but much grief shows still some want of wit. When we see the story of Romeo and Juliet, what do we see? We see a love story, and many believe that's all it is. When, in reality, this is a story equally about violence. A major plot point in this story is when Romeo kills Juliet's cousin. The reason the story is a tragic romance is that the years of violence between the Capulets and the Montague lead the two lovers having to hide their love and ultimately dying for their love. When Romeo kills Juliet's cousins, the feuding families went from actively hating each other to actively trying to kill each other, with which eventually led to the death of both of the young lovers. The violence was the reason they couldn't be together. Without that, they wouldn't have had to die. This ties in with other theories and take away that the story of Romeo and Ju- Juliet illustrated why we still need feminism. That they didn't need to die to be the person they love so deeply. I would argue that without love, there can't be peace. There was a very clear written difference between Romeo and Juliet and everyone else. They're the only ones we see in love in the story. Everyone is either a friend, family, or an enemy. Violence is as much as a theme in this book as love is. The violence adds to the drama of the story to a point in the book where your stomach drops when Romeo kills Juliet's cousin. Their love, the violence... Their love only makes the violence so much more romanticized. This shows that their relationship is worth fighting and dying for. To them, the violence isn't... This shows that their relationship was worth fighting and dying for. The violence isn't what scared their families, though. I think that's what speaks the most. It was their love that scared them so. Even though Romeo and Juliet is a love story, it's often mistaken for only a love story, one that is very much false. Romeo and Juliet is a story of youth and grief and violence and, yes, of course, love. Even if the story had been altered to mean a million things, it still speaks to us, even if it is just a cautionary tale. It teaches us to take action, not end up the way that they did. The story is not only about love, it's even more a story about the impact of violence on children and the community. It's a story of women rebelling. Uh, it's a story of women rebelling. It's a story of being young and dumb. Above all, it's a story open to interpretation of what it means to me and what it means to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) I hope that was good. So I have like that part. So that was like, you know, the essay part. And then I have a little poem. So here's my poem. It's also written about Romeo and Juliet as a school project. But I think it's, I think it's pretty good if I do say so myself. Cheeky, looks across the room. A dangerous love that should have been hate. 
young and dumb, but I know this, pain. The death of family by him, the death of him by my family. He is my forbidden fruit, how sweet it smells. Him, he, everything he brings, I choose the ring. Bargaining with my life, him and I, to the grave, which we pave with our tears and our family's fears. Starting to fear our love, ending fearing much more. A cautionary tale of young love, how we were young and dumb, born with a silver spoon instead of a thumb. Him and I, flowers bloomed in puppy love, lay on our bodies, our bodies cold as they were warmed by our last embrace. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll be uh, sending autographs after this. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I wrote about recently. Um, Yeah, so let me know if you guys like like, you know, this style of episode where I'm like, you know, reading something that I wrote. Because I do, you know, have a lot of things like this that I could share, but, you know, a little bit scary. But yeah, I write a lot of music as well. Music, I think I would... Oh, I'm stuck on my chair. Music, I think I would be much more scared to share on here, though. You know what I mean? Like, I love you guys, you know? Like, I trust you guys. I really do love you guys. But, like, ooh, a little bit scary. Just saying. I don't know if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I don't know. Scary to me. I don't. I feel like writing like this, where it's not much of my emotion behind it, I think is easier and harder to write at the same time. You know what I mean? I think for me, it's a lot easier to physically write when I have like a lot of emotion and passion behind it. But that's what is happening. Something is like bumping into me. But it also isn't my fave because. Like, obviously, you know, you're super. What did I say? I can't remember the word right now. Uh, vulnerable. Yes, that's the word. You're super vulnerable when you, you know, talk about your feelings in such an open way. But, like, I'm not scared of vulnerability, you know what I mean? I think many, many people are, and I get it, you know. I do understand the fear of vulnerability, but it's always been worth it to me. It's always been worth it to, like, you know, not focus on how vulnerable some of these things make me feel, you know what I mean? And I think that that would be just kind of my piece of advice for you guys is don't don't fear vulnerability and learn to not... Yeah, I'd say learn to thrive being vulnerable as well. You know what I mean? I think I say that in don't be scared to be vulnerable with people that you know you can trust and that you know that love you because it's going to make you feel so much closer to them and it's going to feel so much better to like get that off your chest. You know what I mean? I think I, I've been in the point where I'm vulnerable with too many people. You know what I mean? Not even like, you know, I was vulnerable, you know, with every stranger I met on the street, but, like, I was vulnerable with people that, like, didn't need to know how vulnerable I felt and kind of used that against me, you know what I mean? 
Because, like, people, especially, like, teenagers, and I know I see my analytics, none of my listeners are teenagers. Like, I know that you guys are all, like, 65 and older, and I love you guys, but... I'm joking, I do really love you guys. (laughs) But just something about being in high school makes people, like, evil. That's the only way to put it, you know what I mean? Because I think people are good at their core, but also when you're being selfish and you are only thinking about yourself, even if you hate yourself, you know what I mean? You're still focusing on yourself. And you can still, on an outside view, look selfish. You know what I mean? Which was hard for me to, like, you know, understand because I was, like, you know, constantly being like, oh, I hate myself. I'm so ugly. I don't like to focus on myself. But that was exactly what I was doing. You know what I mean? I couldn't not focus on myself. I couldn't not focus on how ugly I felt. You know what I mean? I say that a lot. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? No, you guys don't know what I mean. And that's why I'm elaborating. But, (laughs) goodness grief. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> um, how you guys doing? Doing well? Very nice. Anyways, vulnerability is what I was talking about. Yeah. Like, I think I would like to share my music at some point, but I'd like to do it well so I'm not vulnerable and so it doesn't come back to bite me. You know what I mean? I want it to be, like, you know, putting my f- best foot forward. And so I need to just find, like, you know, somewhere I can record music. Because I tried to garage band, and it's not user-friendly at all. Maybe I'm just, like, dumb. But I, like, I opened it, and it was, like, record vocals here. I turned on my microphone. I did all that stuff, and it wouldn't record. So that really hurt my feelings. I, like, looked up multiple tutorials. I always, like, think about that at night. I'm like, why should you get up and try to record something on GarageBand? And I'm like, no, I don't want to. And I do it in the morning. And it's, like, not good. You know what I mean? Not good. But, yeah, I have a lot of other poetry that I think that would be fun to share with you guys. If you guys are even interested in that. Maybe I'll put a, maybe I'll put a little poll on my instagram (laughs) oh my gosh do you ever like say things and you're like embarrassed by them because that happens to me all the time i'm randomly embarrassed by like things i say that aren't even embarrassing you know what i mean it's like i'm like oh i like dogs i'm like oh why'd you say that oh why'd you say that you know it's not right to do that to yourself. Let's just say that. I do the best I can to not think and focus on things that I say so much. But I'll be laying in bed and I'll be like, remember when you said that really awkward thing? And I'll be like, ooh. I do remember that actually, Brain. So thank you for bringing it up again. Uh, really interesting. Really amazing. Thank you so much. Very helpful. Just kidding. No, it wasn't. <laughs> But yeah, as I was like, you know, I'm kind of going back and forth on what I'm talking about. But even as I was talking about, um, even as I was talking about or reading, reading about Romeo and Juliet, 
I was like, um, this is kind of a little bit crazy. You know what I mean? Like, because, so I, why is, everything is making noise in my room right now. So as I, so I watched the, I read, like, the play years ago, or read, like, parts of it, you know, in English class in, like, eighth grade, and then I actually had to be a part of a production. No, I'm joking. We just, like, read it in class, and I was Juliet, so, you know, but that started since the second I was born, but we watched, like, the 1950s or 60s version, whatever that one was. Maybe it's, like, the 70s. I don't know. I actually have no idea when it came out. And then I watched, like, the one with, uh, you know, young Leo. You know what I'm talking about. Um, That, Romeo and Juliet. And that one, I think, does a good job of bringing up what I talked about in my in my essay. Of how violent it really was. You know what I mean? Because, like, in other versions, or as they're talking, it's like, oh, they're having a sword fight. Oh, no, he died. You know what I mean? But when it's put into, like, modern day, even, like, they just swapped out, like, the swords for guns you know what i mean makes it so much more violent or just makes it more open to us about how violent it really truly was you know what i mean because Juliet stabs herself to die you know what i mean they drink poison you know what i mean like, this isn't makes it seem like oh you know like a little a little renaissance story a little renaissance story no, it's not. It's so, so very violent. But yeah, it was quite good. I watched it last night. Because after I was, like, writing this, I was like, I've never seen that one. And me and my mom were like, oh, we should watch it. And then we were like, oh, this is really violent. Because we are like, oh, we'll watch a girl, we'll watch a girl movie. We'll have a, a fun girl's night. No, we watched Roman and Juliet. That movie is so violent. I mean... Not compared to, like, you know, other movies, but it wasn't the lighthearted, girly time I wanted to have. I wanted to watch Clueless or Mean Girls. I just don't want to have, like, a social debate in my head, you know what I mean? I don't want to think about, you know, young lovers dying. I want to watch Clueless or Legally Blonde. That's a good movie. No, I mean, in all seriousness, it was a very good movie, and I liked, like, the take that they took, you know, talking like I'm a movie reviewer. I do really like the take that they took of, you know, keeping the dialogue um, pretty much to the original and having the story and the setting, and you know, have those things be more modern. Well, I love you guys. Let me know if you guys like this style of topic. And if you don't, don't tell me because I don't like I don't like uh, criticism. So, <laughs> I love you guys. Bye. Have a lovely, beautiful, amazing day. Mwah.